Welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us. Help fund the movement. Help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode 135. Episode 105, today we have another incredible family and friends guest episode. Joining us is none other than the great Maj Touré. Maj Touré is the founder of Black Guns Matter and a fierce Second Amendment absolutist. He goes across the country and teaches people about the importance of their Second Amendment rights, how to train, how to, how to safely handle firearms. And, and ultimately getting a lot of black people all across the country registered and, and, and better, better information, better knowledge about their Second Amendment rights. So important today. So important. I was just saying on my Twitter this week, um, you know, if you believe that the police are going to come and save you, you're an absolute fool. OK, if the police come and save you, if the, if the police end up being a preventative measure uh, for you being a victim, of violence, of a violent crime, then you're damn lucky. Uh, you should be your first line of defense. That's a cornerstone of American citizenship, not only for you, but your family and your loved ones and your property. This is a very, very important idea at a very, very critical time, especially when the Department of Defense is getting audited. They fell an audit for the sixth time uh, in, in a row. Half of the inventory comes up missing. We have justification for war all across the world and military industrial complex and, and the police, uh, you know, the police are, are, are necessary. Nobody's saying that we should do away with the police. Uh, I certainly don't agree with defunding the police. In fact, I would say we should overhaul the funding for police. However, even if we do that, you should still be your first line of defense. Nobody knows that better than Maj Touré. And we're happy to have him on at, at a time where I think that that idea um, is is very, very important for American citizens, all American citizens. But black America has to get very, very clear about their Second Amendment rights and why it's important. Um, so we're happy to have Maj back on the podcast for a second time. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I know I will. Uh, without further ado, the great Maj Touré. The great Maj Touré, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Please Call Me Crazy. Brother, it's good to see you. It's good to have you back. Um, I was just saying in the, in the intro to the audience how important the Second Amendment is right now uh, in this moment in history. Um, uh, earlier in the week in the podcast, I was talking about uh, the military-industrial complex, the justification for military all across the world, uh, and this sort of this byproduct of that military industrial complex, uh, you know, interventionism, foreign policy trickling down to the, the police and more importantly, the Republican Party, which you're very familiar with, the conservative movement. And yeah. it, it's become this culture that the police are going to come save you. The police are going to they're going to make it there before you bleed out or, or before you you flatline. And it's just one of the most ridiculous uh, cultural norms that we have. I always tell people that you should be your first line of defense. And I love what you've been able to do with Black Guns Matter and just getting people registered and, and have a better understanding 
of their Second Amendment rights and the importance of firearm ownership and and uh, and safety uh, for themselves and their family. So it's good to have you back. If you can, let's start right there. You know what? From your from your perspective, both politically and practically, the importance of the Second Amendment as it pertains to uh, individuals just protecting themselves, but also from a from a broader political standpoint. The Second Amendment is the amendment in the Bill of Rights that gives validity and teeth to the defense of all of the other human rights. I, I share with people a lot that the, the Bill of Rights is a, it is a human rights declaration. It is a, we have these things by nature, by being here, by the creator, not given by government. Mm. Taken, it actually is a system to check government. Governments historically will attempt to, because governments are ran by humans. And it's just like algorithms. Algorithms is going to go in a direction that people determine, that even if they try to hide, people are determining what they want these algorithms to respond to. Mm. And the Second Amendment is a check on government and people within government that have the same human conditions. You have to be very, very disciplined, consistent, and maintain an a ethos of righteousness to not getting that position in, in, in a position of government um, with pretty much an unlimited check, depending on where you are on whatever appropriations committee or federally or whatever. You have to be a very disciplined individual to um, not fall victim to the, the spell of that ring, you know? And m unfortunately, most humans are not that disciplined. I'm not saying that most humans are bad people. I just think that, you know, absolute power, if you're not very, very powerful and consistent with your humility and strength and discipline, you will be a part of the cog in the machine of a corrupt government. And so the Second Amendment is basically our way to affirm all of the things that the founders of this nation said, which was, first, we get to say what we want is lit. Second, we get to, um, second, we get to uh, defend what we just said. And uh, that that thought process is applied to government. It is applied to government. And I think that what happens is um, there's over time, there's been a massive um, propaganda approach or psyop as well as a reactionary approach by many on the right to attempt to just go back against what the extreme left is doing. And that massive overcorrection isn't really a correction. It's just more imbalanced. So when you have extreme leftists that have no respect for natural rights, private property, rule of law, and I mean law by natural law, and I mean, I mean not creating actual victims because that's what crime is. Victims have to be produced. When you have extreme leftists that want this Marxist agenda of chaos to destroy America or these ideals from within, many unfortunately on the right respond to that as opposed to standing firm on the thing that was already there, being conservative and conserving the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Mm. And so they go extremely law and order, but they've allowed this weird uh, hodgepodge mix of what's being called law and order to be um, projected onto law enforcement. And they just write this blank check for law enforcement, forgetting <laughs> that the principle of conservatism is limited government. Right, so they give right. government <laughs> more government because instead of fighting to the principles that these things were supposed to be us checking government, we're now fighting against extreme leftists using the same tactics 
as if you will get a different approach. So the Second Amendment right now is very, very key because it seems like we're in like almost like this weird crux of all of the things that could go wrong in the middle of this Venn diagram of foolishness, whether that's moral depravity, whether that's um, too much respect for the state, yeah. whether that's um, not enough respect for protocol standards and operational procedures. We in the middle of on top of that, we in the middle of uh, there's been massive money printing for some time now, regardless yeah. of what side, you know. <laughs> so it's like, OK, we could we could point to the Biden administration, which 100 percent has printed up a lot of bread. Yeah. But we also can't ignore that the Trump administration was a, printing up a lot of bread and had excesses for government spending. And so the, the reason why this continues to expand and back to the importance of the Second Amendment is because there's very few public servants, huge shouts to guys like Rand Paul or a friend of mine. Um, I don't know if you've had him on yet. Um, Thomas Massey. Yeah. Good, good, good politician. And I mean politician in the sense of statesman and, in a, in a, in, in, you know, public servant. There's very few of those men that maintain that principle and are willing to say, hey, guys, let's not lose ourselves because we're chasing what they're doing. And the Second Amendment become, becomes very, very important because now you're in the middle of that Venn diagram and these extremes. Um, you're seeing an overall confusion in a Tower of Babel. And there's no standard. You know, there's no there's no we don't shoot people when there's when they're with their children or with their wives. It's just, we're going to shoot them regardless. There's no code or no ethos. Yeah. And that's the time when you actually need to have more of the means to protect protect yourself, not just from um, criminals outside, but also criminals in the, in the name of uh, uh, politicians that would use their shooters, i.e. law enforcement, to come violate your rights. So it's a, it's, well, it was a long-winded way of saying yeah, it, but, but it's, it's really, really critical right now. And we, we got to start from, okay, one is, let's let's break this down. And you're, you're a student of, of history like I am. Mm -hmm. And you got guys, you got some of these neoconservatives, uh, you know, also known as rhinos, the, the two are you know, somewhat just overlap between the two groups, not always. You know, yeah. you, you got some neocons who aren't necessarily rhinos and you got some rhinos who aren't necessarily neocons, but there's a lot of overlap between the two, between the two groups. Uh, but you got a lot of these neocons, for example, who um, who came up under the, the, the school of conservatism, which was an, an evolution of the Republican Party and the Republican platform, first of all. Many people don't really understand that, but but to be conservative was kind of a retrospective political idea uh, that, 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 that existed primarily through, let's say, uh, religion, culture, uh, religious culture, which is, you know, yeah. what, being conservative has always been more synonymous with religious tradition. Um, but, but the Republican Party and the Republican platform that came from Frederick Douglass, like you and I talk about many times, is a, one of the huge failures of the Republican Party to really uh, iconicize Frederick Douglass properly and let, let him serve as a symbol for the black community to have their real, uh, genuine Republican roots, their Republican history, because uh, Frederick Douglass is just a, a philosophical pipe hitter yeah. uh, uh, in his own pipe. league. I mean, he yeah. was in his own league completely. But Lincoln yeah. and, and the party of, 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 you know, freeing the slaves, and there's a lot of things in the Republican Party's history that, that should be a draw for black folks. Um, but this, this conservative movement, and more, more of this neoconservative movement, has produced people like David Frum, 
And recently I ran a, a debate between David Frum and Steve Bannon from the Monk uh, debates there, and, and, and it, was, it was held in Canada. And David Frum came right out and said, uh, conservatism is to conserve what is liberal. And, and uh, it, was, it was the most bizarre thing I think I've ever... What, did, did he mean the definition currently being applied to so-called liberals, or did he mean like classic liberals like the founders? Yeah, like, I mean, what, when what they say... His... I mean, but, you know, even when you say... I, I, first off, I don't even like this term, classic liberals. Like, yeah. you know, we gotta... We have to... Uh, first of all, my, my framework is now, you're either globalist or you're nationalist. Yeah. Either you believe in God and you believe in the right to have religion or you believe in the value of moral and ethical higher higher uh, belief or, or higher framework, whatever that is. I'm a Christian, but Muslims, Jew, whatever. You have to have some type of, of, of moral yeah. and ethic, a standard, a higher standard than yourself, number one, because then you just are a narcissist and that always ends bad. Uh, or, you know, you're on the other side where it's, you know, anti-God, anti-religion, anti-Christian. And it, it really is uh, starts to flirt with Satanism and right. this sort of demonic worship or child sacrificing or earth worship. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, these are the real paradigms. These are the real dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, so when he says classical liberal, I, I, first off, I don't even really know what he means. I actually think that the neocons and, and the rhinos and David Frum being firmly in both groups, I actually think he genuinely means Conserving liberalism, because that's what the neocon and rhino establishment has done. I don't know yeah. how else to take it. He he, they're not living up to the definition. The ex the beautiful thing that my, my my grandmother used to call these things beautiful uglies. The beautiful thing that our opposition has done is manipulate and conquer words. Mm -hmm. The word has the same meaning. The, the actual definition still exists, but that the general public has been convinced to believe that that's not what this word means. I can take and redirect the power from that. For example, the rainbow, like that was God's promise of, yo, I'll be back. Do your thing. I'll be back. It's been turned into some wild uh, amalgamation of like debauchery. Yeah. So that power that's why I asked like classic liberal, because I, I use that based on their perception of these terms, not the actual definition. But to your point, they are being exactly they're doing the thing. They're they're all in opposition to um, more God, less government They're and, and, and inadvertently, however, you get to asking for more government. You're almost, you know, like my grandmother said too. She said, well, you know, when the lie, when the truth walk in the door, a lie got to jump out the window. Mm -hmm. You just got to ask which one are you trying to push out the window or walk in the door. So when they're asking for more government, they're inadvertently or intentionally requesting that there be less God. And you're talking about the neocons, right? Correct. Right. Correct. Right. And so, like, I don't even know if. Here's what I'm always struggling with. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If they know that they're doing it, or you know what I'm saying, <laughs> or is it just complete oblivion and it's ignorance? A it's a scary. It's a scary proposition. I fight with the same. You know, because part of you, part of any good, part of any good person, especially Christians. I mean, you talk about humility and 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 being humble and loving thy neighbor and and being forgiving and all. You know these these Christian ideas that are that are very um that are very benefit of the doubt sort of uh, positions, right? Um, 
you often find yourself hoping that people are just ignorant or incompetent yeah. and not in on it. I always say on my podcast, the great question that people are right to ask is, is a person in on it or are they ignorant to it? But yeah. in, in the, the, as the situation becomes more dire, as the crisis becomes more obvious, uh, be, becomes more, uh, m more heavy, you could say, um, whether or not a person is ignorant to it or in on it doesn't even matter. The net result is the same. And yeah. so I, I can't even, first off, it, you'd be hard pressed, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that these highly educated Atlanticist political elites like David yeah. Frum don't understand the fundamental mechanism of yeah. the military and policing being an expansion of government. I mean, you just right. can't, you can't convince me that, 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 yeah. that they don't know. Yeah, you're too, you're too, you're too well read and articulate for me to give you that benefit. Yes, yeah, and now you, now here's what I could give you, I could give you that in a in a in in a modern context of our our society, culturally, politically, spiritually, that many people may not see the expansion of government in general as a as a um, reduction of faith, mm. right? Because there's such an emphasis on the material world that it's very easy for people to get get lost in that imbalance, right? Where, you know, they don't even, you know, if you really wanted to get down to it, our founding fathers had it so spot on, you know, whether you say, well, they were deist or some of them, they're Protestant or they were, were the Christian, whatever you want to say about it. Obviously they had a, a, an articulation of a higher power of a, a supernatural power <clears throat> and supernatural law. And, and what they had written out was, a, a nation of shopkeepers, agrarian farmers that had belief in something higher than government. Um, yep. so, so they had that written out pretty well and, and, and pretty thorough. Um, but as, as we've gotten further and further away from that, and as we've entered into uh, multiple stages and, and, and phases of, of industrial revolution, the baseline is that faith is secondary. And I yeah. think that's one of the huge pitfalls of our society is the spiritual and faith in God, not as a, how many times do you pray a day? I mean, that's between you and, and God. But the, the point is, do you see the starting place as there's a, I have God given rights. I mean, from yeah. a constitutional and political standpoint, we start from, well, how do you win elections? Or, or how much money do you have? Or, or how many bullets do you have? Or how many tanks do you have? Or, or how many uh, people do you have in a group that you can get to say the same thing that you'll say? Or, or you know, right. democracy even becomes an undermining of faith and, and, and uh, a truth in that sense. Um, yeah. So I could almost see a David Frum, you know, being so liberal, let's say, uh, and, and sort of secular in his worldview that he doesn't see the expansion of government as the reduction of faith. But I'm not yeah. willing to concede that he doesn't see the expansion of military and the expansion of policing as an expansion of government. I can't give him that. No, because for, for a lot of those types, what happens is it's, it's cool when it's my team doing it. Mm. It's, it's cool when, Preach. you know, it's, as, 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 as long as in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s, it was... Um, this issue with crack, we just tell them to say no. And if they don't, we lock them up and we come back and we, re we repo all of the assets and it's a money laundering scheme. But when we fast forward to now that there's an opioid crisis, there's a fentanyl and this thing is spilling over into white communities, 
Now it's a crisis. Now we need to use government resources and mostly leftists as it relates to the government resources with the drug problem. But they're just picking and choosing where they want to be contradictory to the concept. Yeah. That's all they do. Yeah. And that's a, that's and then a they, major. And then they act like and then they act like what you said right there was too hard to follow. I mean, that's the real sneaky part. I hate when yeah. people go, oh, well, you know, you got to dumb it down. That was really hard to understand. It's like, no, you know what you know what I'm saying. You're being selective. You knew exactly what it was. You're and, being and selective. You you right. in the seventies and eighties. In, in the we set, had, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Michelle Obama just saying, just say no to opioid crisis. Just fent. Just say no, and that's the extent of it. Just say no. There's a there's a level of of contradiction that um, their vagueness and their when they are being um, when it's clear to your point when it is clear. Yeah. Their level of vagueness is and and proposed ignorance or I can't figure this out is an uh, is a sneaky tactic to justify their lack of accountability. Mm. And when you're direct and it's very very on point, you cannot be vague. Vagueness is how you hide the responsibility associated with the actual truth. That actual truth being presented, and we all know that you now know, you can not skip out on the accountability and the responsibility of applying the solution. Right. And so they'll point. I had this conversation earlier today on Twitter. I said, listen, X, now known as X, is not better than it's a little bit better than when Elon bought it. And I, I've been very critical of Elon. I think I think at certain points I can kind of get with him. But in hindsight, now I'm kind of sitting where you've hired a World Economic Forum anti a leftist a globalist to run twitter now <laughs> yeah that that happened you make electric cars you have tons of government subsidies for these electric cars you do a lot of business in china so for me to pretend as if you're going to be the savior for free speech when then right after that you say things like the ceo that you hire says it's free speech not free reach you're in intentionally and outwardly telling the people through a third party, your hire, saying, we're not going to allow you, you can say the things that you want, and we may not kick you off the platform, but we're absolutely going to throttle your reach and limit not even the people that follow you, people that follow you because they more than likely are in alignment with the stuff that you post about. This is us showcasing that Elon is not a savior. He's a rich, wealthy dude that, um, has not bucked the system. He, he, he has not bucked the system. He's not Batman. And so to say that very plainly is to call it out. Listen, bro, if we're talking about um, Elon's on the right or no, he's not. Again, the electric car conversation is cobalt, lithium mining, Congolese people suffering, enslavement. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we'll ignore that because he's one of the richest dudes that we know of. Uh, on the planet. And that contradiction is where we have to start communicating very, very plainly. And not just for guys like Elon. It's easy for me to point at Elon. Elon, you know, maybe he'll see my tweets, posts, whatever. I don't, really don't give a shit. It's more important for us to be very, very critical of self and uh, the people that we call ourselves our, our team, yeah. because you said you were conservative. Right. You said, you know, when, when, I, when I used to kind of get a little bit on Matt slapping those guys over at CPAC, I would say, listen, have me on before Trump to talk about Frederick Douglass because we're failing 
as the conservatives to, to conserve this way of life and conserve this constitution and conserve our viewpoint of limited government, we're doing a disservice to not highlight the best conservatives around. No one can disagree with that. That's not Frederick Douglass. And so, or Malcolm X, adult Malcolm X reframing and reforming himself. Mm-hmm. If, if we're not doing that respectfully, and I think that struggle and sculpting around issues to create something beautiful is going to be a struggle. If we're not doing that and we're only talking about the other so-called team, there is no advancement. I need that struggle and challenge amongst each other in order to get better. It's and like, if we're not it's, doing it, that, it, we it's, lose. It, it's like in sports, right? In sports, mm-hmm. th- there comes a point where, where you're going to play another team and you go, I have to put a cap on all the scouting. You, you can't spend all your time before the game scouting the other team and talking about the other teams. What is this guy going to do? What is that guy going to do? There comes a point where it's just, what are we going to do? Yeah. How are we going to play? How are we going to approach the game? How are we going to play our game? And no matter who we, the way you build a successful team is you put together a plan or a strategy or or a philosophy or a culture with the players that you have. You know your personnel, of course, but you put together a philosophy uh, and you 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 cater to the weaknesses of whatever personnel you have, that's the brilliance of the strategy, right? Mm. And the conservative movement is uh, just a epic failure at this, right? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's nonstop, you know, at first it's, I just saw this week, it's George Floyd. I mean, anytime you say George Floyd, you can just see the comments in the, in the, in the woke right lose their mind. And there is a woke right. Like, I can't tell you how many people I have to stop. Like, don't get me wrong. Was the situation corrupt? Were the were they probably doing things behind the scenes politically? Is everybody have, uh, you know, once something goes viral and it's all around the world, all of the the wolves descend, and they're yeah. gonna they're gonna they're gonna position themselves to try and manipulate the situation to whatever political end they want. We know that's gonna happen with everything. Yeah. It ain't just George Floyd. It's the war between Israel and Palestine. I mean, the global, the local. That that's kind of going to take it the same a similar course, but you know how many people I had to tell the very simple inform the, the very simple fact that the obstruction of a natural rise and fall of the lungs or the chest cavity, uh, the diaphragm, could compromise the respiratory system or the cardiovascular system to a fatal point. I, I don't know, and it's it's just strange. It's like. These are the same people who are like facts over feelings. And I'm like, look, I know you feel very upset that George Floyd was used to manipulate and push an LGBTQ woke leftist communist agenda. I understand your feelings about it, but don't let that confuse the facts. The facts are anybody who has it's like I tell people it's like, um, have you ever heard of being squeezed to death? Like, you know, yeah. in these big crowds, like at concerts where uh, in the last year, there's been a lot of deaths that happen at concerts when people get to move in one way or, or you know, uh, there's commotion or whatever. People get squeezed to death. It's literally you're squeezed to death because it's not that you can't breathe or that the blood or air is cut off from your neck or the, corona, the, 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 the artery or whatever. It's not a blood choke. It's not an air choke. You're literally squeezed to death. Right. Right. And people don't have don't, people don't even understand that concept that that's possible. Um, so you have that. But just basic stuff like being smothered by a pillow. Right? right. And they'll say and they'll say, well, 
George Floyd didn't have any signs of trauma to his body. Uh, if I if you're laying in your bed sleeping and I take a pillow and and smother you until you stop breathing, you're not going to have any. That was the brilliance of smothering somebody with a pillow. There's no signs of of, of foul play. So, the, they, the, but but the fact that people, there's two things. One, it's easy to see how 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 desperate people are for a specific answer, and then it's easy to see how good the media has become with fulfilling that answer on either side of the of the equation. Go ahead. It's because to that point, it's them coming up with ways to make you fight against the other side as opposed to going, where's the justice and where's the righteousness in this position? Mm. Where am I going to stand to say, you know, I, I'll hear guys say, you know, when Ahmaud Arbery was initially murdered, right? Because this is even before law enforcement. The neocon or the people that are pretending to be conservative behind microphones that have a big platform, mm. they are placating to the, the, the low-ended, bigoted person that will buy things that's not a critical or an objective thinker that'll click and reshare. The, insert whatever name, a lot of those so-called concern, and some of them are my friends. Some of them I've done their podcasts. Some of them, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the clickbait. And they know that low-level thinking, low-hanging fruit, white conservatives, so-called conservatives, will agree. And then they'll say, well, it can't be racist because this person happens to be black that said it. So they're placating to that, and they know they utilize that to generate the energy. Who are you talking so about? They can, so they can, Who are you talking about? Oh, it's a whole bunch of them. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, I've been to their events. It's, yeah. it's, it, was, it was Tatum for a while. Yeah. He's kind of like fell off the map a bit. Yep. Um, I think that Candace has used it earlier on, but I think she's grown enough. And I'm watching her. I, I, I'll go out on a limb here. She's 100% evolving. Oh, pregnant Candace is a whole different monster. She she and, don't got and, no time. She don't have any. She's she's so tired. When you're that pregnant, you get so fatigued, you get so tired, and you're so hormonal. She don't have time to keep up with the bullshit. I don't have time to pretend it yeah. with y'all anymore. Yeah. And yeah. her platform has grown to a point where. Um, even like everybody that did not evolve damn near does not can't can't do anything anymore right mm-hmm. and the other thing is if you're if you have some semblance of objectivity unless you 100% a bootlegger that stays under somebody's thumb mm-hmm. as you grow as you cash different checks as you get more fu money what you may really think cuz we got to remember Candace sued for racial discrimination back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't ignore these things. So it's not that wasn't an understanding of her perspective. She understood it, but she played the game. And I'm not saying she's right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying that's how it looks from the outside. But what starts to happen with her, or, maybe, or not even her, maybe other people that this their bread and butter. You know, you got guys like Tatum that, in essence, was talking about Ahmaud Arbery damn near deserved to be murdered by two other citizens. And I was initially like, nah, bro, as a second as a Second Amendment activist and supporter and a firearms instructor, nah, that was wrong. They don't know how to just, because they're so attached to the algorithm and their clicks and the revenue and ad revenue from their YouTube channels, Mm. we're focusing more on that than the saving of our constitutional republic. The irony is, when you talk about the saving of the Constitutional Republic 
and you identify as a form of law and order, God's law, natural law, these things that manifest in the form of, you know, so-called man-made laws now, you start to recognize that, okay, we do have to have a respect for law and order, but what's being presented as law and order in the form of back to blue with no question, that's wrong. And so they've made a choice. The, the ignorance is a choice too. They've made a choice to not evolve. They've made a choice to say, I, my, my funders and my, um, the people that we get ad revenue from and my bosses have given me a strict script and I can choose to either buck the script or be objective and say something that everyone should be able to agree on. Everyone should be able to say, innocent, Pal innocent Palestinians should not be murdered because of what certain groups in that group do. Basic. Everyone should be able to say, innocent Israeli citizens should not have the fear of parachuting uh, 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 evil guys to murder innocent people. We are at a point where we're re repeating and being the same thing that we accuse the other side. Just like we say, everyone, every grown adult should be able to say, men, biological men, cannot have a baby. We should be able to just simply say that. That should not be controversial. As, as clearly as we on the so-called right can articulate that, we should be able to say the same thing that maybe the Israeli government might have funded some things and created some monsters. Maybe the United States government has funded some things, interfered and created some monsters that are coming back with a vengeance. Mm. Maybe it's not the American people. Maybe it's we're so uninformed and ignorant that we've allowed this back and forth pendulum swing to let our government become rogue and deep state and an empire. We are no longer the good guys. Mm. Unfortunately, we are good American people. The vast majority, I've traveled this country too many times to count at this point. Yeah. The vast majority of people, man, a Eagles game, a Philadelphia Eagles game, you see all of the people that they say, oh, they don't get along. It's been a lot of a lot less crime. The Eagles are nine and one, and they're all convening <laughs> in South Philly. And there's no violence. My point in saying that is the general public is generally good people. But because we've had that hands-off approach to government, we've allowed a small minority of people to maintain a lion's share of political power and expand onto it. Right. And that has manifested, it has to manifest in the militarization of the police and the expansion of government in the military industrial complex because we are, we, we, we are, we are, Ignoring that we are a constitutional republic that defends uh, individual and collective liberties by use of limited government, and we've turned into the bullies of expanding government, and the rest of the world is like, yo, fuck them. Yeah. You know? And we just got to be honest about that. Well, well, and, well, absolutely. One thing I'll say is I'm not so sold that the majority of American people are good people. Let's let's really? start. Let, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not going for that either. The same way I'm not going for David from not knowing that the expansion of police and military is an expansion of government. I'm not, because, see, the way that our Constitution is set up, the way that our founding fathers set it up is beautiful and that the government should be a reflection of the will of the people. Mm -hmm. And at the point where that government goes rogue or that or that government, a small select group of elites in that government 
starts to misrepresent you in a way that 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 begins to condemn the entire culture or the entire society or the entire nation, even the brand of the nation, if they besmirch the name of America as a brand, because it is a brand, I'm not saying it's only a brand, it's a nation, yeah. it's not that esoteric or, or abstract, but what I'm saying is America has a brand. Every living thing has a brand. You and I have a brand. Uh, the school system here in my local community has a brand. Uh, you know, the, the the Wendy's down the street has good a brand. Good or bad. Good right. or bad, everybody has a brand. So America has a brand. And as at the moment where our leaders, our elites, started to misrepresent that brand, it was incumbent upon us to step up and say, you know what? We're not, we're not going to allow for this type of leadership because, because we understand that the tarnishment of the brand will 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 come back to bite us. And so, all right. So, with that, does that mean that there is more bad people in America, or does that mean that the small amount of the bad people have been successful at their endeavors to make the general public feel nihilistic? My my my, my 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 point would be when you when you get down to that level of analysis which i think is the right level of of analysis right now i honestly do because we the people have to like i've said when i ran, when i ran for congress against ilhan omar this ain't about ilhan omar yeah. this this is a referendum the referendum yeah. ain't on the people who step up to run for office the referendum is not on donald trump the referendum's on you yeah. you black folks do would you rather have your son called the negro or would you rather have him told by liberal white women it's okay to cut his penis off the mm. referendum's on you it's not on it's not it's not even on the liberal white woman mm. you are your first line of defense both in a in a physical sense yeah. but also in an intellectual and philosophical and spiritual sense political sense you are so that's what that's what american said that is the cornerstone of american citizenship that we've lost so you may not be a uh let, let's say there's a there's a degree there's a spectrum when we say a bad person, but okay. to me, you know, in the Christian faith, as as Christ laid it out, you're not only responsible for the things you do, you're responsible for the things you say and the things you think. You're responsible for what's in your heart, and if you're responsible for what's in your heart, you also become responsible for the things you remain silent on that you witness for your own convenience. Yeah. yeah. Right. If Christ had to just say, you know what? I know I'm I know I'm I know I was sent to, well first of all Christ couldn't have done that because it's a Trinitarian God and God had already made it. we get that whole deal. But the point I'm making is if Christ yeah. had said, you know what, I ain't even gonna you know what? I, I'm I know, gonna sit this one out. I'm gonna sit this one out because, you know, hey, I, but I'm not doing anything wrong by sitting out. <laughs> right? That ain't how that ain't how it works. That that's not how the thing works. The thing works is you have to take up the most responsibility that you can. And, and American citizens have abnegated that. And I know, and just what you're saying rings so true to me, because when you talk to the American people like that, they've been so enculturated with, tell me more of what I want to hear about who the bad guy is. They, they naturally start to pull away when you put that type of pressure on them. When it's yeah. like, no, no, it's not. It's not Ilhan Omar, AOC, David Frum, Karl Rove. No, it is those people. They're shit people. They're awful. They're, they're, I mean, they're everything that's wrong with American politics. But what's mostly wrong with American politics is that you've got uh, a wide range, a huge number of people that are willing to vote these people in. I asked the question, who the hell is voting in Lindsey Graham and McConnell and, and, and Nikki Haley? Who voted for them? Somebody yeah. voted for them. And now, if you want to say the elections are rigged, and I love your opinion on, on that because you're a meticulous thinker, 
Um, but if you want to say the elections are rigged, okay, fine. Why are the people in South Carolina not not hitting the streets and outrage saying, we didn't vote for McConnell and Haley and, and Graham, right? They're, they're yeah. not doing that. So this is a hurdle that we have to climb as a conservative movement as well. Your, your thoughts? The, it needs to be a massive, um, we call it reverse engineering in the Solutionary Center. We got to reverse engineer the thought process. We've had success with that with Black Guns Matter. Um, one by, I'm going to take your playbook. I'm going to go, okay, you want to push an anti-gun agenda and you're calling everybody anti-Semitic? Cool. I'm going to go, anybody that will be calling for the people um, to be unarmed it, that are being attacked by um, extremists, if you're advocating for gun control, you might be asking for Jewish people to be slaughtered. So you might be leaning in a direction of anti-Semitism. Facts. Especially after a terroristic situation. Ooh, that's a fact. And then I turn around the other way. I go, if you are, because um, leftists will say, oh, they're Islamophobes. And it's like, okay, cool. I got one for you too. If you are advocating for gun control in America as a Democrat, um, you are in alignment with, as people are saying, like after 9-11, oh, the Muslims are all the problem. You are Islamophobe and are actually asking for the genocide of entire groups of people. Yeah. So for me, I just step back and reverse engineer the conversation and show people how to do it that way because there has to be a, a re-information process, right? Everybody's out of formation. We got to get you guys, it's a double entendre there. You got to get in formation. You have to get information. Mm -hmm. And so the educational component is the key, but also I am adamant about this fact that no one ever wants to say. America was built, maintained, and expanded upon by violence mm. or the potential for violence. Mm -hmm. We have, have to be honest about those people in South Carolina have to say, I am okay with this going in the direction of potential violence because you've given me no other means. Because if I keep letting you infringe and encroach, if, I, if you slow walk me to the concentration camp or the boxcar or the gas chamber or the uh, slave quarters, you're still walking me there. At what point do I have to, what, where do I use that second amendment to say, no, no, thank you. The problem is people get afraid of that conversation. They get afraid of me saying, I have a firearm and I will use it because violence is politics by a different means. The negotiations have broken down. The diplomacy is done. The people that are pretending di diplomatic approaches, that are attempting to shame us for even leaving violence on the table, these people have billions of dollars worth of security and they utilize law enforcement as their shooters. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we got to have that conversation and, and at least say, Hey guys, can we at least accept the, that if this line is crossed, we are okay with the use of violence. Bu bullies do not respond to great conversation and articulate approaches in explaining why you you taking my lunch money from me is wrong. Right. George Washington and the crew, and they, these are men that had their contradictions, on December, Christmas Eve, took a boat across the river to murder the ops that were tyrants. 
They weren't physically attacked in that moment and went to go do it. They were like, these guys have encroached. They overtaxed us. Revolutionary War was starting for taxes with no taxation without representation. That was around 4%. Californians pay about 40% in their taxes. So my question to everyone would be, if the founding of the greatest nation and constitutional republic known to man in world history was created off of violence, yeah. when are we going to say this is the line that we're okay with this violence? When are we going to say, when I say and get kicked off of Instagram, if I say I'm going to assault a pedophile, that if I hear you reading sexual shit in my neighborhood to babies... I'm not mad at the parents. I know to not take my children around those parents. But when I say I'm going to assault you, I potentially I will probably get arrested. I'll yeah. make bail. I'll come out again. And if I see you doing it again, I'm going to assault you again. I got kicked off of Twitter for saying that. At what point are, are the American people, which is in essence, I'm sounding like you in this space, at what point are we going to start to be okay with making a stand, and that stand could lead into the the, the thing that actually well, well, founded the most powerful nation in the world? <laughs> well, well, one, let, first off, let's give the leftists and the communists and the Marxists a pass in this category because they never claimed to want to stand for what America was founded on. So at least they're being transparent. I don't expect them to show up to fight and have any consistency or any coherence when it comes to that line of country. Of course yeah. they're not. They... They love the decay of America's foundational values, duh. But the conser right. but the conservatives, I have a huge problem with not being able to show up, uh, you know, at that at that line of country. And it, it, it like you said, I mean, it, uh, I said it the other day. I just, for the life of me, I, I I can't figure out why all of these schools, why all of these schools don't have conservatives protesting outside of the schools at the school boards nonstop. I mean, how can we continue? How, see, the, the, what, what I'm starting to realize is what I'm starting to feel, what I'm starting to sense, and what, what seems to be uh, categorically, uh, you know, irrefutable is that conservatism is just another form of liberalism. And it's become a front. The whole movement has become a front. The whole the whole movement needs people. Like, and this is why they don't like Donald Trump or Steve Bannon, because the Donald Trump and Steve Bannons of the world make it real. Yeah, they make the formerly uh, the the former act of conservatism of controlled opposition more genuine opposition. Yeah. Now you can have your criticisms of Donald Trump and say, well, he aligned the same way on this or that. But the point is, at his most extreme what they call extreme at yeah. his most extreme Donald Trump is making the opposition real. Yeah. Steve Bannon is making the opposition real. And, and, but my question, and, and we should start to measure all of these conservative voices by how real they make the opposition. And so they not, they not, if they, if they, if they, if they have, I seen something, uh, Joe Budden said, um, uh, yesterday, I think on this podcast, mm. or maybe a few days ago, about the Diddy Cassie thing, and I'll, I'll tie it back in. Mm -hmm. He meant he mentioned the Diddy Cassie thing, and on that particular episode, he he edited it out. And my guy Queens Flip, who I've done his podcast, he asked him, he's like, "Yo, tell people why you edited it out." And Joe Button's perspective was, "Well, you know, I don't know if what if what if he did blow kick Cuddy's car up and this that and the third, and he edited it out." Joe Button 
is like, I, as a rapper, was in opposition to the system and I was going against all of these things and my life was more difficult. Mm. Now that I've reinvented myself and I have a very successful podcast, what it sounds like to me, I don't want to put words in his mouth, from, but the way that he presented it, it comes off to me like, He's a I don't want to get canceled He's a because sellout. I've worked very, very difficult, hard to be at this level. And now we got the Spotify deal and we got X, Y, and Z. The, the people that are, Trump is the only, when we was talking a few nights ago, mm -hmm. Trump is the only president that came in the game and lost bread. Like all of these other politicians, like I stay at the Trump, not because uh, one, Trump is amazing. Like the hotels are amazing. Yes. But at the same time, and I know he does licensing deals with his names, but I kind of wherever I want to want to say, hey, I'm standing in position and supporting something that's in opposition, even though I think Trump is, is not as hardcore Second Amendment as he should have been. I, I, I say that. Yeah. But I still think that that's a more, to your point of a pushback, I think that most of the people that are presenting themselves as conservatives don't want to do the work associated with it. I'm mm -hmm. in the Solutionary Center right now. I am a Second Amendment advocate and activist. I am fighting a gun case because I don't believe in licensing, not getting a license. The Second Amendment is very, very clear. Do you know how many Second Amendment guys that say the Second Amendment is my right, but go get a license? There is infinitely more difficulty in dealing with it as a Second Amendment supporter as opposed to paying the state to license you, your human rights back to you. Come but on. see, the people that actually want to live it, live it. And it's infinitely more difficult. I see all of my contemporaries that don't know more than me about these things, that don't study as much as me, have no idea what the Tavistock Institute is or was. These people make way more resources than me or get invited to the parties, even though we can be in the same space. I'm still rumbling to raise the remaining $250,000 to buy this building. The reason why it's going to take real Americans a little bit longer is because we're not dick riding to do it. The reason why Cube is going to win ultimately with the big three league, right, is because he's righteous. And I'm just over here doing my thing to make folks, I like the sport and guys that are, love the sport, they come perform and, you know, but it's going to be harder for Cube. No one's going to acknowledge the fact that Cube has a black-owned professional athletic sport league. That is the reality. So all of the people on the left that are like black, 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 you should be at every game. <laughs> My point in saying all of these things is it's more difficult. It's more difficult to actually live the thing. It's easier. If I wanted to grift and get the million, I could do it very, very easily. It would just be me sticking to the script, pointing the finger at Ilhan and, and the crew and, you know, the squad. Yeah. And, and continuing to just say, they're the problem, they're the problem, they're the problem. And it's easier to galvanize people based on hate. It's much more difficult to stand for love. Destruction is much easier than building. And so um, I don't know. I'm, I'm eternally optimistic. I also have traces of sometimes I'm Morgan Freeman in the movie Seven instead of Brad Pitt in the movie Seven. And I don't know if it's too late. 
I, I, I genuinely, I have hope. And when I see people that are like, man, they work hard they, in real life, like on the farm somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. it gives me hope. But I am in a space where I don't know, and maybe you could tell me, do you feel that? Because if you think that most people are inherently being weak intentionally or maybe more in alignment with the negative, you know, whether it's intentional or not, do you think that this system, this this thing, do you think that the the, the claws are in too deep? Are we too too far gone for love and hope and passion and belief and faith and and to to, to win? I don't think so. No, you know, because the the thing about the truth is the thing about the truth is it has an eternal light to it. Right. Once you're exposed to it, once you see it, it's easy to flip the switch. That's that's why you see so many people um, going red pilled. Right. And and look, I'm going to say I'm going to say this at the same time where I said I think a vast majority of people are bad people in the sense that they've become uh, apathetic. Right. Or, Or complacent with corrupt status quo. Um, I think there are more people awake to the to the culture and to the corruption than ever before. Mm. I think we've been on a continual pa- uh, minus the the, uh, the 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 founding of the country, right? Because then it was such a small group of people, it was yeah. easy for the ph- the philosophical currency to be high amongst a smaller constrained group. Now yeah. we have a 350 million person population, much harder for the average person to be. And awake to the, the the reality, awake to the truth. Yeah. However, so you know, as we've gone on, people got more and more brainwashed because the thing got bigger and bigger, and mm. and it took for the internet, it took for one of their tools to start to give people access to enough information to expose the truth, going back mm. in the other direction. So now mm. I think more people than ever before in American his- in, in America's history are awake to the level of corruption uh, that that is. Um, that has taken place during their lifetime. Mm. Uh, so, but that number's growing. The question is, how quickly will that number become uh, big enough to turn the tide, right? And so, yeah. we're talking about how you know uh, the the number of people who understand, but the comparison is how much momentum the corruption has, mm. right? And so, th- those are two different those are two yeah. different considerations because we could all we could all know the truth overnight. Now yeah. it's how do we apply it, and then it's can we generate enough force to stop the momentum of the corruption that's already taking yeah. place? But, yeah. And part of that is to know where the corruption even is. So there is a part of me that understands the 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 victory by means of destruction. I, I get there are some things that need to be destroyed. Just like you said, sometimes I have to be offensive with my yeah. with my activism or with my politics uh, because the situation requires such things. Um, and and this is a perfect example right now. We're in a war, or we're in a you know we, we're always in a war. We, we we've never stopped being in a war really for for a hundred or so years. But um, right now we're in another chapter of of conflict in the Middle East theater, and um, I I have sympathy for what what's happening in Palestine, no doubt. I I yeah. get I get it. I mean I first off, it's crazy. I said on my Twitter the other day. Um, you know, am I pro Israel? Yeah, to the extent I'm pro Israel because to to the extent that let's say, number one, you know, p- people who say, well, Israel is not a legitimate country. Look, what makes you a country is if you have people, you have a government of 
sorts, and yep. you have a border, and those people are willing to fight, kill, and die in the interest well, of that, that border. border. That yep. makes you a country, whether you like it or not, whether you think it, it makes you what it makes you feel good, you think it's fair. Oh, is it is it fair that Israel has a is it fair that they're supported by America? That none of that matters. Mm. All that matters is that the people of Israel believe in Israel. And right. I would surely like much more American belief in America's border and protection of America's right. national sovereignty, like we're willing to give Israel, even in the conservative movement. Right. Um, so but but yeah, I'm pro-Israel in so far as man, I like that people have a border and they're willing to defend the border. Now, for the people who say, oh, there's no such thing as Palestine. Okay, stop. You guys got to cut cut the bullshit, okay? Right. Syria, before it was Palestine, it was Syria-Palestina, and Syria-Palestina was a Roman jurisdiction, and the Romans did it, yes, out of spite. They renamed Israel and Judea Syria-Palestina because the Jews revolted and they lost the revolt. When you lose a revolt, hey, when you lose a revolt, just hey, just like America isn't named whatever the native tribes had the land named before before the Americans came and colonized it. It to is what it is. To the victor go the spoils. To the victor go the spoils, and we're okay with it over here, but we question it over here. It's like the people in uh, it's like the people in uh, California, for example, who are all you know, uh, you know, it, it was palace or whatever, whatever side they fall on, because you get a little bit of both. Well, why don't we just start calling California Mexico again, right? Y'all yeah, don't, do don't want right. that. Y'all don't want that, right? I, I mean, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go with this thing, right? So my point is, again, do I feel sympathy for, for the Palestinians and what's taking place there? Absolutely. And I feel sympathy for, the, the, for Israel and what happened on October 7th. And I feel sympathy for the, the constant conflict between the two nations for the last 60-odd-some years. And even before that, I mean, they've been fighting in that area for 2,000 plus years. This is an ancient yep. tribal fight that's going on. The, the, you know what always gets left out of that conversation as, as, as mm -hmm. it relates to, I mean, it, it is the Israel-Palestine conflict. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about the European interests that benefited from that and carved it up, and the, to your point of how far back are we going to go with this? And yeah. are we doing that same thing about looking at who's right and wrong between these two guys and not looking at the 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 creation of it, the... And the, okay, cool. I could say, mm -hmm. go ahead. Every single person that is celebrated Turkey Day yesterday, if you're a leftist, I could say, well, you were being very, very rude to the indigenous. I live in Pennsylvania, the Lenape, the, the Pawnee, the, the, the Iroquois, like, we could do this forever. And in yeah. doing it forever, we would never get to a consensus. My issue is, and this is something that you do a lot, it, let's peel these onions back to the core of, okay, this is where it is now. Like me saying, I'm an American. This does not mean that the indigenous heritage here or the African-American, so-called African-American heritage here, this is not an aside or disrespect to that. There's different stories, cultures, situations over time, and context and layers are very important. And I can break it down and explain it very, very well. Fast forward to now. What are we going to do in this landmass that is not called, it's not called Turtle Island no more. It's not called, insert whatever. Right. This place that we are at, 
I can acknowledge Ivan Van Sertima's work. They came before Columbus. 100%. The Olmec heads got fucking cornrows. No doubt about it. Currently, where we are, where I was born, we have borders. We have a system of checks and balances that we're supposed to do to secure that while we work out our internal issues. If we're at that point where we're understanding that, for other places on whatever side that we pick, we should put that same amount of energy equally into the landmass that we are at now. Yes. Just last week, the California government eradicated homelessness in San Francisco to welcome to a dictator roll out the red carpet for Xi. And then, and then the people that the people of the California Republic hired to do the job, Newsom, through legit or crooked means, he got on stage and said, well, some people are saying we cleaned it up because, the, you know, the Chinese government was coming. And that's true. Almost with a, like, fuck you going to do about it yes. energy. Yes. Very so, arrogant, very elitist. Yes. And so I want us to go, if we want to make America great, and I do, I do, because we live here. We look at the times when our foreign policy was we don't fuck around in foreign issues before the wars, when America was producing Pittsburgh right up the street from Philly mm -hmm. was producing 30 percent of the world steel mm. when we were not so focused on the external that other side over there or that fight over there or we got to go over there and secure a military base over there. And these things we're spreading ourselves too thin when the world. We were great when we were just living through the ideals that we said our nation was about. Right. That and, and during a time when racism was far more rampant, we still was able to do that. Yeah. In the middle of that country. Well, tell me, so, tell me, tell me how this is, and this is absolutely wild. We had, we black people had more per per capita. Black people had much more stock stake much more equity in the world's manufacturing base before the segregation laws passed. I mean, we had more equity in the supply chains in the world economy because we were working those factories. We were working in those manual. We were the sole source of the products and the goods that, that you know, propped up America as a great nation, but also went around the world. And, and we had it exported, and now we vote for a party that cleans up a city, a city's homelessness, when a foreign dictator who is, who is very, very ethno-national, to say the least, so much so that the same Muslims, you guys are saying you're, you're all in defense of the Muslims in Palestine, but they put two million in a concentration camp, and they tell the world, yeah, we did it, and so what are y'all going to do about it? This is China. We'll do what we want. They get condemned by the United Nations, and you all still bow when they show up to our country? And that and you that's make your home cleaner for the ops than you do for your family members. You make your home clean for an evil tyrant. And and when you go see the the group that put it together, I think it's the United States Council, uh, the United States China Relations uh Council or something like that. You U.S. Um, CRC, U.S. CRS or something like that. Oh, it's a who's who of international 
international uh, elites, right? I mean, Kissinger's on there. I mean, you can just go look the list up. I'm gonna post it in the in the in the comments or in the in the in the um in the notes in the show notes. But this list is like, and all of these people just bowed to Xi. They had the audacity. They, the, you know, the name of the event, the 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 event that the event that they held. You know, it was titled "Honoring Xi." They honored. Oh, they honored a man who is on the record as being a vicious, vicious dictator, viciously opposed to free speech, uh, adamantly uh, anti-religious or anti-minority. The Han Chinese, the, 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 the Han Chinese, the CCP, they are explicitly ethno-national. And so, you know, again, you know what that, you know what that yeah. was, bro? Yeah. It was, I heard y'all was saying something about freeing these, these uh, other workers over, uh, the people we got under our thumb in Taiwan. Let me tap in with y'all. What, what was that about? That's what that move looked like. It was like, yo, I, I heard. Let me let me check on my corner real quick. No, you know what I think it was. Here's what I think it was. Well, yeah, the, that that for sure. But you know what I think it was really. I mm. think I think he came over here to meet with with America's international elites to get us all prepared for the next pandemic. I think that was the conversation. And right mm. now in China, I'm going to talk about it either this weekend or or early in next week's show. Right now in China, now they got a new virus breaking out a new virus breaking out that's targeting children. Now the hospitals are overwhelmed in China. Now the World the World Health Organization is issuing. A, so, you know, it, 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 my, to get back to the, the point I was going to make, and I, and I just show Xi as the contradiction, like you and I say, it's not just a conservative movement, that the contradiction is, is widespread. Yeah. But as far as this, this Middle East theater goes, yeah, I feel bad for the Palestinians. And we want to build and we want to do it in love and their basic human rights. But let's get one thing clear. I'm an American citizen. So no matter how the history, uh, uh, no matter how the history unfolded, there is no set of circumstance with which I volunteer, uh, voluntarily accept hatred, death, and attack from my enemies. Right. That's not an acceptable me, uh, uh, terms of, uh, of engagement. Right. So if I'm a if I'm a black man in America, if I'm a leftist or a Democrat or I'm on the fence or I'm just, you know, an empathomanic, uh, you know, citizen and I just feel so bad for the children and whoever else is, is, you know, taking on hard times, which is, you know, reasonable to do at the point where I go, yeah, we, sh you know, deaf to America. Mm. I mean, how can you how can you call Donald Trump and the MAGA movement insurrectionist or seditious? When you openly side with a, a, a movement of people who scream death to America in the public. And, I, and look, I don't say that to side with the neocon Mark Levins and David Frums who will use the death to America chant to justify military industrial complex and, right. and government expansion. Right. But I am willing to draw a very clear line right. that says, hey, if you say death to America, we enemies because I'm American. Right. I mean, I that's just what it though. is. <laughs> this the the reason why we've had success in the, the the civics conversation at the center is the the students that come to our classes under we make them explain we explain geopolitics just like the street because it is right we if you say especially in Philly we don't fuck the Eagles fans don't fuck with the Cowboys that's it. 
it'll it'll be all fun, but when you lose, we gonna roast you, and that's gonna be. And if we lose, it's gonna be very, yeah, whatever. See you next week. See you next. See you next. Next. Next go round. The reason why you're seeing so many people in hoods across America is because there. To your point, there is more people going like, yo. Th- there was families in Chicago going like, oh, this 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 sanctuary shit, it's a bit much. You got Eric Adams who was tap dance number one for the Biden agenda. Yeah, sanctuary city. It's going like nah, to the point of damn near saying I was wrong about that. We we got to we get, New York will not survive under this. Mm-hmm. Now we could use his contradiction or him being wrong because we knew he was wrong when when all of them said it. We knew you're wrong. We could use that as a moment to go nan and nan that, or we could go cool. Since you identify that way and you understand that now, here's four, two or three, and we'll help. We'll work with you on that on that border security, or maybe we can get Congress to work on streamlining the process of solid, hardworking people that want to come be American. Maybe we can streamline that process and get it done and actually work together, as opposed to being so unified and divided, right? I think that the conservative movement has to do that, as well as you you got to at least be willing to say, we're at least America first. And that includes Palestine. That includes Ukraine. That includes you, Taiwan. That includes uh, 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 Israel. That includes as much as that includes the Congo. That includes Syria. That includes Yemen, places that they've been pretending as if they haven't been desecrating like the congo is wild they made one movie hotel rwanda about that whole situation ain't shit changed since then and oh, these who, are the things who that... armed who armed the rwandans who 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 the the the, the israeli government the, the Mossad, the israeli government were the, were responsible for the massacre there in, in rwanda and everybody forgets about that i mean everybody forgot me i was just looking into it the other day they they're the ones who they're the ones who backstopped and, and underwrote the, the 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 genocide there in Rwanda, and you know and then there's the Armenian genocide and people forget about how the Armenians were gen. I mean there's and then there was not to mention the original genocide in in the Congo, uh from King Leopold, correct. Who when we talk about World War II or that entire early 19th century Millions. time period. 11 million conservatively, you know, could have been 20. Nobody knows whether they killed them or not. A lot of, lot of kids running around, a lot of, uh, you know, Congolese running around with, with severed limbs and other torturous things that were done. Never mentioned, you know, when we mentioned the world's great genocides. I mean, now it, it kind of is. But, but historically speaking, the, the, the cornerstone, the linchpin of the United Nations and this entire global peacekeeping accord is based on Hitler and Nazi Germany. I mean, that's become the great scapegoat of, of, you know, of, 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 or justification of globalism. It's like, we can't have another Nazi Germany. And then they take Nazi Germany. They take, they take fascism and Nazism, which kind of lied and said it was nationalism, but really it was more socialism. And it was, it was, it was National Socialist Nazi Party. Like, and, and then not only that, there's really nothing national about it because Germany was an expand, an expanse, an expansionist power. They attacked four different neighboring countries, so it doesn't get more globalist or expansionist than that. So again, like you said, people using language to really uh, mislead and 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 manipulate 
uh, the the American people or whatever whatever audience they're talking to. But 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 anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Continue. Nah, man. I just I just think that this all comes to a head in the sense of I think these conversations are important because I, I one I think that the general public kind of gets it. And I think we have, in the conservative and liberty movement, have made the mistake of assuming that the general public would not gravitate to receive, understand this information. So we've either ignored it or attempted to dumb it down. Mm. There will be people that will come from this conversation and will go, all of this is relative because these are things that happen in world history that will potentially repeat. And just so fortunate that America is geographically situated where they can't really come get us on straight beef that way. It Mm. has to be internal. And then when you start to see the Marxism, the globalist agenda, the G, the this, the hood starts to see that and go, oh shit. Then we, they have people like us that can articulate that in a, in a, in a make it plain for them that they go, oh shit, I'm seeing it in my, in my wallet. Women are seeing it in their purses. They're seeing through conversations like this, it makes it very plain for the general public to go, nah, I'm America first, bro. We live here. Love my brothers, my Mexican, Guatemalans, El Salvadorian, South American brothers and sisters. However, we got issues at the crib first. When, When the general public sees this, when urban America sees this and hears this, they recognize the difference between what we're advocating for, fighting to defend, and what the people pretending, because we have not abdicated our own responsibility, myself or yourself. We've said, damn, we are part of that fuck up and level of ignorance too. Yeah. I think that the general public can feel the difference between that and the person that's only, or those groups that are only going nana na nana. We just have to make sure, for, for their clicks, the entire, damn near the whole staff over at the Daily Wire, bro, Y'all, y'all had an agenda, and now you're starting to, uh, ironically, attack Candace because she stepped outside of the pre-approved script. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing the same thing to this black woman that you've accused extreme leftists of doing to black people. Oh, the Daily Wire is the the woke right to the max. I mean, ben, so, the ben, ben Shapiro and the entire Daily Wire is the prime example of the woke. Right. And the and I'm gonna be honest, the woke right is heavily is heavily, heavily dependent on, is is rooted in this Israel narrative. I mean, come on, look. I mean, tell me, tell me it's it's almost laughable. It's almost laughable that all these Christians are saying they're willing to go to war and die on behalf of Israel because it's God promised. First of all, you're you're if you're Christian, first first of all, if you're Christian. Your scripture is way off in 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 talking about the Jews or the 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 those who will inherit the kingdom of Israel are the Christians and those who believe in Christ from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it was first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, and in the end, the Jews will be brought into the kingdom through their submission to Christ and and their their acceptance of Christ or the Messiah when this Messiah returns. So that's that that's the premise that that's the general premise of of Israel uh from a biblical standpoint from a Christian standpoint. Now if you go to Judaism you have a, a different interpretation uh almost entirely which is the real schism between Jews and Christians and which is why there's a lot of hatred 
in Israel even between right. Christians and, and Jews. Um, right. But um, you all are willing to go to war, into a world war, potentially into a forever war at least, uh, in a nation based on biblical values, and we've let the entire school system be hijacked and now prioritized telling our sons to cut their penises off. So I'm starting to call bullshit again. I mean, it if it was really about Christianity, if you if it was what? really about Christianity, you would never allow your children to be taught this way, right? If you said, if you said to, this is why the hood got to get active and involved. Mm-hmm. I said something on an interview, I think it might have been Reason, where I said, black America's, black people are going to save America from Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And the, the interview was my guy. He kind of snickered at it because he knew what I meant. And as a journalist, he has to get me to unfold that. And he's like, you think so? And I'm like, yeah, I, I believe that this last go around, we definitely, and I say we because I'm a part of the black community. I didn't vote for him. However, we collectively got tricked. And I do think along with some of the trick and the media propaganda, there was also election fraud. Like there's the Maricopa County, Georgia, uh, Arizona, Georgia, all of these different places. It's, it's come on, bro. It's, it's too obvious. 81 million people went for senile Joe. Like, come on, bro. Like if all black people were just racist and voted for Obama just because he was black, you're not getting a bigger turnout for Biden the same way. It's just not just like, let's just use our brains. With that being the case, that concept of even if we were tricked and manipulated in the Dominion voting machines and all of that, let's go through all of that. Cool. The last three years and some change has shown so many black people have been like, even if they were kind of going that direction with Trump the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Or the propaganda. Everybody in the hood loved Hump, uh, Trump. Every hip hop artist loved Trump. Yeah, Before right. Propaganda, there still was still some like resistance, but it was still like I don't know. I kind of in hushed tones. Now the massive economic, political, culture failure that this like this administration has been an epic failure. They are throwing us the alley oop. They're on the other team throwing <laughs> us an alley-oop. So much that the hood is like... It's not even a question. It's, it's not, not even, even a question. It's Donald Trump. I, I mean, I'm, I know people who are car-carrying Democrats have been their entire life, or at least they've been uh, culturally, let, let's say they've been culturally passive towards, a passive lean towards Democrat, uh, the Democrat platform, right? Even if they don't vote, right? Even if there's just their... Culturally, and, and then we got to talk about that because, and we'll, we'll talk about elections here to end because I, th- I think this is a, a perfect place to, to 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 bring the interview to a close. We got to have you back on soon, maybe as a regular. I got to start to build a regular. My good friend Jason Whitlock uh, does well to to bring on regulars. Me, I just go on two hour rants, but I'm liking the interview the interview format. You're my guy. You we got to have look. You. So look, I got to say this too. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> You said my good friend Jason Whitley. You know I fuck with both of y'all. Bro, I I really feel like I know you'd be open to it. And I'm gonna let you get back because I but I gotta say this. Mm-hmm. I know you'd be open to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Jason would be open to it, right? Mm-hmm. I I'll say this and I'll make that point. I believe that Jason is on a journey. 
And I've seen him grow from one, even just coming out of the sports, which he know that sports shit. Like, it ain't even a joke. I think he was introduced to conservatism in, a, in, in that neocon way. Mm-hmm. And I think he's found some success, like early stage Candace. Yep. He's found some success in that. Some of that stuff he says I disagree with. But I, I, I want to believe and I see that because some of the stuff he's saying lately, I'm like, he posting about uh, Dr. Umar. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right. I believe that as he continues to evolve on his journey, and I'm not saying this as a diss to him or a slight to you. I fuck with both of y'all. Um, I think that there there should be some room for the dialogue for you guys to 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 and I'm not and I don't think that you have been like, yo, fuck Jason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just think that he's he's earlier on, and as he evolves more in it. He'll kind of get kind of where you come from at certain points and things like that. But I just want y'all brothers, man. Um, If I could fast forward it to the point that I think it's going to get to, I would hit the fast forward button. I'll be like, all right, they're going to wind up. You know what I'm saying? And so just throwing it out there in the the ether, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Just (laughs) because put it out there in the ether. But um. But yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but because no, I cut no, you no, 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 no. I appreciate that. No, I, you know, I definitely, I don't have a real beef with Jason at all, and I know we both been on the show. And yeah. uh, if Jason is out there listening, uh, I still got a lot of love for Jason. Jason, Jason is is uh is caught up in a, a career. This is a career for him. His media career is a career, and he said that many a times. And and I've told him the pitfalls of it. The, the pitfall. This ain't about a career. This is about sacred honor. This is about saving the country. This isn't about notoriety. It's not about building an audience. You could build an audience of a million people, a couple million people, like the Daily Wire, and be yeah. completely ineffective and yeah. moving the needle. Actually, yeah. you could you could actually become the controlled opposition that keeps the needle exactly where the establishment and the corrupt uh, status quo want it. And that's yeah. a lot of what the Daily Wire has done. Uh, yeah. and, and just like we've been saying, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro has had a lot of success um, with with mocking transgenderism and the lun- the lunacy and the transgender movement on on YouTube, right, or yeah. TikTok or whatever, in uh, other movements like Libs at TikTok and all of them, yeah, that, and that's great. And, and you know, there's nothing more abhorrent or anti-Christian or anti-black than to tell young black men they should it's okay to be gay, which has a 50 percent lifetime risk of contracting HIV, or to cut their penis off altogether. I mean. The result is obvious that yeah. we don't we don't recreate black life. So uh, uh, that's fine. But how much time do we prioritize for the nuance? So Pete, there's a difference between telling people what's wrong and telling people how to think mm. about what's right. Right. Yeah. There's a difference between telling uh, giving people a caricature of what's wrong and, and, and then actually teaching people how to yeah. think properly. And in yeah. order to think properly in a culture, in a society where it's layers upon layers of dishonesty and lies, you have to be willing to take the time to peel those layers back. Yeah. You have to go back to the, the fundamentals. And that's where Jason and like, you know, when me and Jason got in that fight, we were talking about this very issue in, in, a, in a way. And he wanted me to talk about, you know, the, 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 uh, the NAACP and, and, and Jewish power base in the NAACP or in the early, in the early inception and, and and Dave Chappelle and Kyrie and Kanye, he wants to make it very pop culture. Yeah. But I want his listeners, which is now in the millions probably on a weekly basis or at least on a bi-weekly basis, 
Um, I want his listeners to understand how to think yeah. for themselves about about the issues. But in order to do that, you have to have some historical basis. Yeah. Right. And so, and and that's where he and I, you know, had some 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 disagreement. Um, other than that, I, I don't really have a problem with him. And I do see him starting to make an effort to do yeah. more politics. And I think it's because a lot of his audience pushed back and said, hey, we're on the brink of World War III. Um, yeah. So, you know, to, to get back to my point, and, and this is a, a great uh, segue, I think, to just Donald Trump in general and the um, the movement of black people towards Donald Trump. I love what Donald Trump had to say recently about the Israel and Palestine conflict, which was a huge departure even for him from the neocon mainstream uh, where he said, yeah, listen, I don't think there's any there's I don't think there's a deeper hatred than that which exists from the Palestinians for the Israelis. Right. And then and then he went on to say, but vice versa as well. Right. Right. The, the, the hatred from the Israelis for the Palestinians. It's a deep hatred. And his point was, if I was in office, this wouldn't have happened. Right. right. And so, you know, even that, even the, even Donald Trump's growing. So if the man that I'm supporting for president is on a growth journey, then how am I not going to say that? You know, how am I not going to uh, um, leave the same door open for Jason? I mean, I'm willing for I'm willing for all these people to come through that that door. And I'm yeah. not saying I'm the sole guard of that door and the, the the arbiter or adjudicator of what's right and wrong, but I'm pretty confident in my in my fundamentals. I'm pretty confident in my first principles, and right. and part of those first principles, uh, you know, and like you said, when it comes to being America first and Donald Trump, black people the first time around were still caught up in the racism woo woo, right? Yeah. They they were caught up in, uh, I'm so afraid of of white people harming me or attacking me for the color of my skin or us going back to slavery or segregation or, or whatever the case may be. I'm so worried about that. I'm going to let the, the Democrats, I'm going to let the neoliberal neocon world order tell me that Donald Trump is a representation of the same old racist Republicans when really they are, they are actually the racism in the system of policy that the black people have come to hate. They just don't know any better, which is why you and I have to take two hours to tell them. So we will finally arrive at you've been tricked. You've been duped. You've been manipulated. And I'm not saying Donald Trump is this awesome guy or he's the, you know, he's the most articulate or the smartest or any, or, you know, he has the best personality or he handles himself the most mature and disciplined. I don't care about any of that. All I care about is who's get at the most extreme place at the at the out what, what they call the um on the third rail. Who's getting the closest to the truth? Who's actually getting the closest to disrupting the corrupt uh the disrupting the the corrupt status quo? Right. It's not even close. No, it's, it's not. not even close. Joe Biden is at you know what Joe Biden those guys and I just had Cash Patel on went on, on the show on Wednesday. And the Joe Biden administration, their first order of business was to to tell to point the entire military, the entire national security apparatus, and and say climate change is the greatest existential threat we face. It's wild. It's 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 so wild. Back to that original question that 
thing of you guys got to be evil geniuses because there's no way that you're this stupid. Right. There's there's got to be a play behind this statement that you just said with with we we so not not OPEC nations pimping the price because you got a weak leader. Not that. That crude price impacting transportation of goods and services, not the supply chain, mm. not American infrastructure bridges. I travel the country often. Bridges are fucked up like bridges. Right. Not any of that, not the economy, not the massive. We are in a stagflation. This is past hype inflation, hyperinflation. It's not that. It's not that. It's climate change. Never mind the fact that the water levels of Ellis Island are exactly the same where they were when Ellis <laughs> Island was where everybody came through. None of that. Like, it's, it's almost. It's laughable. I, I'm so used to having a skilled enemy. Yeah. That I'm almost giving them the benefit over the doubt on the skill when it's no skill. There's a there's a egregious incompetence and goofy. But is it them? But again, is it them or is it us? I mean, we believe it. I can't tell you how many people actually believe in climate change. I, I just it's it's and then they tell them, you know, this is what's crazy about black folks. Black folks will go, the whole system is guilty. And then, but you want to believe the National Academy of Sciences? I'm like, who do you think who do you think those people are? <laughs> you think you think when you say that? So when you say the system, you really just mean Republicans, or you mean Donald Trump supporters? <laughs> Which is funny because none of them have any real hands on the levers of power. Like for real, it's your like, it's your Victoria <laughs> Newlands and your Henry Kissingers and Mika Brzezinski and Cuck Joe. And, you know, Rachel Maddow's and, you know, uh, Joe Biden and Barack and, you know, the Clintons and the Bushes. You know, these people have their hands on the lever of power. None of these people support. They all have one thing in common. They all hate Donald Trump. person that they convinced you to dislike. They all hate Donald Trump. All of them unanimously. I started telling my homies about Zbigniew Brzezinski and the grand chess board. Uh And... And I'm just like, I read Diplomacy by Henry Kissinger like a, a bajillion years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember giving it to one of my homies and just breaking down certain things about like, listen, bro, king makers are sometimes more powerful, most times more powerful than kings. And I remember giving my homie that book and having that conversation years ago. And we used to watch Game of Thrones together. Or talk about Game of Thrones when I when you know when I was started watching it, and light bulbs started going off, where he was like, "Oh, the father of Cersei is the kingmaker because he got but he behind the scenes." I'm like, "Yeah, the Cersei's son, the jerk that got choked to death, he was never really the power. He was an arrogant goofball that had enough power to tell people what to do on a on a on a small scale." But that's what that was all he needed and wanted. The real reins of power was the father, you know. And so the hood being exposed to this and then us stepping back and letting the government, the current administration, the Biden administration, play their hands so horribly and so arrogantly. To the point where they're like, yo, we're going to clean up the homelessness for our owner. I mean, G. And then we'll 
let it go back to shit. These, these, these are lessons. And unfortunately, this is a part of that growing pain for our people in America to recognize that. And as long as we maintain the relationship, got to treat it like COVID. I never, I never yelled at nobody for wearing the mask. I just didn't wear them. And my friends that were afraid or got mad at me, I knew their evolution was going to happen because the government was going to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. And, and they did. And yeah. so as long as we're still being there for the people, still being willing to welcome them with open arms, because they soldiers in the army too, whether, they, whether yeah. they know it or not. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Simple. And so I, I, I believe in that sense, we, we come from good soil and, and we can get it done. But yeah, anyway, what, what, bro, you, what do you think about the um, they, they say the Donald Trump numbers are up here? Here's my here's my thing. I feel that the Donald Trump polling is genuine from what I hear on the ground and, and what I hear across the Internet. Obviously, the red pill, the, the red pill movement is is on the rise. Um, you know, the, the ultra MAGA, the MAGA. Donald Trump is, I mean, they, they told so many lies and it was so blatant. They've made it very easy for Donald Trump to be proven right over time. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it, it's getting to the point where they can't even hide it. I mean, they're still doing that. What I realized lately is the mainstream media is completely a mechanism of controlling the narrative and containing the, the damage, damage control of the lies yeah. they tell, right? They're, they're constantly trying to to control the damage or shift the narrative or do whatever they need to do to maintain the status quo. That's the ultimate fight is against the, the corrupt status quo and these, these, um, uh, these, these, uh, uh, wolves and sheep clothing centrists. Oh, I'm a centrist. Oh, I'm a centrist. I can reach across the aisle from either side and, and create broad bipartisan support for any, that's Amy Klobuchar, right? The person who I'm running against for United States Senate. Everybody loves Amy Klobuchar because, you know, she's the uh, the amicable one who can can cross partisan lines. Well, yeah, cool. If it's not in the interest of a corrupt status quo. Right. Yeah, yeah, fine. If you're doing bipartisan work for a corrupt status quo. And these are Amy Klobuchar's two main issues, military, war uh, and, and abortion. Mm. I mean, you know, my, my good friend, Professor Penny calls her the merchant of death. You know, she, she's the she's the angel of death, whether it's war and, and military industrial complex or healthcare care di- disguised as a, an ambition to for abortion. One net result, people dying. Yeah. yeah and usually it's going to be black people. I mean, in the abortion sense, for sure. But in the military industrial complex, sense, this this is what I was going to say about about Iran um, and, and, and Palestine. Um, what what what's clear to me that that took place here was. Um, Palestine or Hamas saw China pulling together an anti-Western alliance that was more based on geographical location, right? With mm-hmm. Russia and Iran, you know, that's kind of the Iron Triangle. But then Saudis, the Saudis got pulled in. So you had this whole BRICS economic alliance, which in effect, the West is all but bowing to, right? right. I mean, the West can say what they want and the intelligence agencies and the military can say what they want. But but effectively, when you let China dominate the supply chains and the manufacturing and you say that the future is autonomous driven societies with tyrannical uh, surveillance of the people, you're basically saying China's the way of the future. So you're handing the, 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 the keys over to the BRICS, which has been Kissinger and and those guys policy for a long time. Right. 
the inexorable rise of China, the second law of thermonuclear dynamics, China's rise is inevitable. No, it wasn't inevitable. We paid for it. You assisted in it. You, we you taught them how to do it. Okay, so if that's the case, which it is, categorically, you can't even d- debate it. Hamas saw what was going on. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're about to become a relic. See, this is what mm. people don't understand about this whole throwdown. Yeah, Hamas screamed death to America. And I have a problem with that because I'm American. But yeah. that doesn't mean I'm going to concede that the motivation to take them out is, is aligned with mine. Correct. These people, and, and this, is how, this is how sophisticated our enemies really are, they'll cover one, uh, uh, they'll cover one agenda with the common interests of another group. Right. Right? So they'll say, hey, you should, you should be okay with us leveling Gaza because Hamas screams death to the West, death, death to Palestine, I mean, death to Israel, death to America. These are your enemies. But when I really start to think about it, I go, what's really happening here? Yeah. Who are the most, and you know, this is going to piss people off. I know it. I know it. But, you know, don't die a jerk off. Understand the game we're playing here. This is levels of, right. of spiritual warfare. <clears throat> Who are the most spiritually committed people in the world right, wrong, or indifferent? Who are the most radical? Who are the most willing to fight, kill, or die for their faith? Hamas. Hamas, the, the Muslim faith. The, the mullahs, the Iranians. They're the, in it. They're in it. Now, and so when they clip them out, is there a benefit to me as an American because they screamed death to America? Absolutely. But I can never forget that when the Iranians are gone, and when the Palestinians are gone, there is an anti-religious, anti-God, anti-faith ambition that will come that for me next. It'll come for us next. And that's what I'm cautioning everybody towards as we watch this, this play out in the Middle East. They're clipping out people who believe in God. They're and, clipping out people that believe in God. They're clipping out people that'll fight back. Absolutely. I ain't, nev- I ain't never heard of an American suicide bomber. I ain't never, I ain't never, you know what I mean? And my, my yeah. point in saying that is I'm not saying that the concept is correct. I'm saying that speaks to the level of commitment as a as a cultural norm in that space. Yes. And I think that it's no different than the conversation we had earlier about violence. I'm okay with it. If it's gonna defend, because I see you creeping, and if I can stop you early by letting you know that, hey, we bought this action over here. Mm-hmm. And if it gets there, we bought, we take it to that action. The, the potential threat of violence is a deterrent. That's the reason why law enforcement officers carry firearms right. in America. And so getting people to look at that from a, your reason for wanting to end these people and my reason for wanting to end these people, or at least hold, I don't even want to end those people. I want to end what you're attempting to do to me. Right. I want an... Uh, I want justice. I want the people held accountable by the people impacted by the injustice that was done to them. I was not there. My family was not there. Right. If you ask me, I can say there should be justice specifically for the people that did this to those people. I am not on board by saying, let's make the strip a parking lot. No, I'm not because our reasons and interests are 100 percent different. And the objective, or you thing, can, or you can, oh, but but don't you you can do it, but don't do it in my name. Right, I don't have <laughs> nothing to do with that, and and because the only thing it does 
it spawned more people later that's like, I got a problem with Americans. Right. And right. and they know that. They, they know, know that. that. They're not dumb. Yeah, not. to, to, but, to but, your point, yeah. we have to be more brave and courageous on our platforms and in our walks of everyday life to articulate that with love, firmness, empathy, and fact of the matter. Yeah, Donald Trump is, again, blessed is the peacemaker, right? Or he can be called a child of God. Donald Trump said it with the Ukraine and, and Russia war. And now they're saying we have to redefine. We have to redefine success in the Ukraine, which really means we lost. We lost in the, in the Ukraine and the Victoria Newlands and the Joe Bidens and all the other uh, Brzezinski, school of Brzezinski, school of Kissinger, foreign interventionist, uh, you know, Russia policy post-World War II democratic liberal order, all these people were wrong. They got it wrong. And now they got to, they got to take it. They got to take it on the chin, right? They, they, I don't, I don't know what they thought, to be honest. I, I don't know why they ever thought they were going to beat the Russians in the first place. In my opinion, it starts to look like they try to pull us into a war that we could never win on purpose to deplete us, to, to, to just sink America because we all knew it. I mean, where are you, how can you beat the Russians? How can how how can you beat the Russians from far away while simultaneously involving it it you we never were out of the other places where there were proxy wars. Right. We're fighting like five different fights at the same time while being dependent on other places for resources. No, the this point is, is not, and, and the even more so, in order to beat Russia, in order to defeat Russia. You would have to go in and take Russia and subjugate Russia. Not you don't. Happening. You don't have. You don't have an ocean front. You don't have a port with which Russia is is dependent on its essential goods. And we know when worse comes to worse, the Russian culture is living is willing to live off bare essentials in order to in order to avert subjugation. Potatoes. The, the Russians destroyed their own structures as Napoleon was was coming across Russia. They were they were burning their own city so that the that that the French, that Napoleon couldn't use their, you know, their infrastructure against them. This lives in the in the Russian culture and the Russian memory. And all these Atlanticists know it. The Polish, the, the, the Brzezinski's, all of them know how the Russians are going to get down. Why did they ever think they were going to beat Russia in the first place? I don't believe they did. I'm not going to be able to grant them that. And so and my thing with the Middle East is and this is more scary than 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 not. We were right on the brink of World War III, so everybody said. Even I said, I said, oh, this could be World War III, and it could have been. I mean, it was the it was the 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 match was lit. But all the Muslim nations that screamed death to America, East versus West, they all backed down. Now they're quiet. Erdogan, Turkey, East versus West, quiet. The Iranians, quiet. Uh, uh, you know, even Hezbollah, they could say what they want, but they didn't run in it. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't flood across Israel's northern border, yeah. right? All these Muslim nations, all these Arab nations were, are they the controlled opposition? Mm. Are they there to pose as the, as the boogeyman out there in the, in the desert that we all have to be mindful of to justify military industrial complex? Because mm -mm. when, when we sailed, when we sailed that, the, the Ford into the Mediterranean, Oh, Iran, Iran, the Iranians got quiet real quick. Mm. And, and so my, my point in saying that is this is how, this is how I see the, the, the spirit of the thing moving. 
black people, we hear a headline, or American people, American citizens in general, not just black people, we hear a headline and we think, ooh, it would really be bad to go to world war, wouldn't it? And mm. so when that calms down, we forget about the fourth industrial revolution, mm. which is going to be the real third world war. And we're already losing it. All of mm. us, all of free people all across the country, the fourth industrial revolution, no greater sign than another pandemic breaking out in a country where we just honored a, a dictator. Mm. And in the background, we have a treaty with the World Health Organization that gives up substantial sovereignty to the, the national I mean, even if you say, oh, well, they can't make policy. Well, if all your lawmakers have conceded that they're going to follow the directives of this international body, then effectively they do have control of your country. Right. And so now that so that's what's around the corner. We still got central bank digital currency out there. We still got universal basic income and, and surveil the surveillance state. So all this stuff is still out there on the horizon. How long are they going to drag? I'm, I, I said the other day, I'm tired of hearing about Israel and Palestine. Mm. I, I mean, anytime the New World Order needs to distract somebody, Israel and Palestine is the go-to. I love what Donald Trump said. You know, these two hate each other. Uh, like, unlike anybody else in the world, I wish them, I, I hope that they, they find a way to stop. And yeah. it wouldn't happen if it was me, if, if, if right. I was in charge. Now let's I, get back to the work. Let's get back to the, let's get back to this. They're yeah. teaching young black men to cut their penises off at their elementary schools. Yeah. If you or I went into the school, you think they would let us teach a firearms class at the at the at the elementary school? <clears throat> How about that? And what would and what would they and the reason they would say is, well, young minds are impressionable, and when they're exposed to certain things, then they start to mimic those things and they start to be indoctrinated with those things we can't expose them to violence because that would preempt them to be violent but then you could teach them about transgender theory and that's not preempting them or exposing them to being transgender the contradictions are so real the contradictions are glaring all right i got you the contradictions are glaring i i have hope I believe that these conversations and this education, it gets in it, sitting down and driving and listening to this and watching this seeps in differently. Yeah. And, and, and in that space, I have hope. They telling me I got all right. They telling me I got to get out. Maj, of here. we appreciate you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate um, you, my brother. We'll have you back on as soon as we can. I, again, yeah. I thank you for the time. Tell us Same where we here. can follow. Where, where can we follow you on social media before you go? Everybody follow me on Instagram, Twitter. We're going to be on all of these platforms. They are being suppressed. They all are. Um, Instagram is Big Daddy Toure, B-I-G-D-A-D-D-Y-T-O-U-R-E. Backup is Maj Toure, M-A-J-T-O-U-R-E-999. Three numbers. Same thing on uh, X, Twitter, Maj Toure, 999. If you've valued and gotten something from this conversation today, all of our classes, firearm safety, stop the bleed, yoga, phlebotomy, Spanish, sewing, all of the classes at the center and abroad are free to all because of voluntary donations, not socialism, not government funds. Uh, please, guys, we got uh, we just cracked our halfway mark of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars raised and given away. We got a little under two hundred and fifty thousand dollars left to raise so we can buy this building and that will pay for all of our free classes for the year of twenty twenty four. 
We're trying to raise that. If we can get that done before my court date in the end of January, that would be great. Please, guys, support givesendgo.com forward slash solutionary. And, and if you're watching this podcast, I want you guys also to, for the next three months, I want you to go to this cast. And once a week, I want you to repost, right? Roy's got a bunch of different podcasts. I want you to repost one, a minimum of twice a week. The only way that we're going to keep the majority of voices that think like this, and there's a few of us that are brave enough to talk like this, we have to be the vocal majority. So I want you guys to repost, retweet these podcasts at least twice a week for the next 90 days. I want you to commit to that. If you can't, if you got to commit to that instead of donating to our work, cool. If you can do both, I want you to do both. But the reality is the ideas and the conversation is what spreads this far wide. And you'd be surprised how many people are more open to saving our nation if we do so. So always thank you, my brother. I appreciate you tremendously for having me. The fight continues, my man. Let's talk soon. Um, Godspeed to you. The great Maj Touré, founder of Black Guns Matter and a fierce Second Amendment absolutist. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this evening. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I hope you had fun with the family and loved ones. Hope you ate some good food. I surely did. Now I'm back on a three-day water fast. Going to try and push it to 86 hours this time. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it won't, uh, it won't bring down the quality of the podcast. But um, happy Friday to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to those who didn't see the episode on Wednesday. I hope everybody's having a great holiday. I hope everybody's, everybody is getting ready for the fight ahead. Uh, enjoy these times. Cherish these times because we're not promised tomorrow. And we're certainly not promised next year. Who knows what will be going on in this world this time next year. Um, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Freepeopleradio.com is up and running. If you haven't already, go to freepeopleradio.com. Visit the store, freepeopleradio.store, if you want to go directly there. Um, you can find out where you can watch and listen to the podcast if you go to freepeopleradio.com. If you go to freepeopleradio.com, you can also access the store. We got a lot of great merchandise. It's completely drop shipped, so you'll have it really quickly. Um, email us if, if you have any problems. Um, I like the stuff that's on the store. I'm happy about it. <clears throat> and um, looking forward to putting more content out in the near future. I like the interview. I like the interview setup. I hope you guys like the interviews. Drop, Leave a comment and tell me if you're enjoying more interviews, if you want to see me do more interviews. I'm hoping that I can uh, get Candace on, on the show here in the near future. I really like the growth of Candace. And I've always said, none of these people are in a final destination for me. I've been, in a, I've been critical of Candace before. Uh, like I've been critical of many people, but we're, we're surely open to and welcome uh, people's movement, people's growth. <clears throat> That's part of being Christian and it's part of being American. So let me know if you like the interviews. Let me know who you would like me to interview. I think I'm going to try and do Hotep Jesus early in next week. Uh, he's another interesting personality that we that we want to hear from. I had a good show with him, and we're going to get Alex Jones back on when he gets back from Thanksgiving uh, vacation. And uh, let me know who else you want to see. So that's it for me. Have a great Friday night. I thank you for tuning in again. We appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.